Today's show is sponsored by Audible, who has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. Get a free audiobook of your choice and a month trial at audible.com slash PSP. Probably science. Hey everyone, uh, welcome to Probably Science. I am Matt Kirshen, I'm sat next to Andy Wood. Hey. Uh, and back in LA. Welcome back, it's good to have you. Thank you. I was going to say I'm completely over jet lag until about 30 seconds before we started to record. Now <sighs> It's too late to get coffee. No, it's good. It's going to be a slightly... I'm going to be drunk with tiredness on this one. And we're joined by... This is someone I've wanted on the show for a long time. Very, very funny human being. Excellent person. It's Mr. Eddie Peppertone. Hello, everybody! Yay! <laughs> uh, you should mention some of your credits. I feel like people might have seen you on Community or Marin, uh, heard you on Bob's Burgers, seen you in Old School. You've done it all. Yeah. And you have your own podcast called Pep Talks. Yes. Yes. I, I, uh, I, you know what? I, I've been back four days and I feel like I'm jet lagged, so this is funny. Yeah. I was in Amsterdam. You were in London. I was. This is an international. Andy, you've been here? I was just holding down the fort in LA. Being sad. <laughs> yeah. Jesse's in uh, Tennessee. Right, and he just put out the second episode of Jesse vs. Cancer, which he was did. very funny. I just listened today. You guys should check that out at jessevscancer.com. And it's on iTunes and all those places now as well, mm-hmm. I believe. Still sponsored by Dodge. Yeah. That, <laughs> <laughs> that, I, I told Andy this before the recording. Does that mean he's Dodge, he's trying to dodge cancer, it's, or is it just dodge the car? Dodge the car. Mm-hmm. He has some adverts from Dodge that... It's Sam Elliott recorded. They're, they're surprising adverts. They don't sound like the kind of adverts you'd think a multinational corporation, huge company, might have actually put out. Yeah, Strain- but they must be because well, I mean, you can't legally I say heard that. them. Yeah, you can't so, legally say that. It's their podcast division. Yeah, you know, you can imagine Dodge's podcast division is like one hipster. <laughs> it was, you know, in 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 a in a in like a room in a Houston yeah. skyscraper. So the tone of the content to them was as almost as much of a surprise to me as. As the as many the revelations. Fact, yeah. <laughs> yeah, have a listen to Jesse vs. Cass. Have a listen to Pep Talks. And uh, Eddie, welcome. Thank you yeah. so much for joining us. Well, thank you. I mean, when you told me this was about science or, you know, sort of about science, I was like, I was all over it because I'm sort of about science. You Go know on. what I mean? I love science. I love science. I just don't have, I think this is true, I don't have the a mind to be disciplined to follow it through what happens with me with science is that i start really getting into the concepts and then i'm like oh man i'm hungry i want to go eat or we jerk off just, or <laughs> like like it makes me want to jerk off science <laughs> everything you know what i mean i don't know what it is but we've just <laughs> i'm in the same boat i think i'm in the same yeah. boat i think like i, have I show, love science but our show is that is you know i think we definitely fall into a bit of that trap where we <laughs> our show and also you know the many pop pop science stuff that's now on the internet it's all over the place yeah it's fascinating and it's interesting but it does slightly deceive people as to what is involved if you want to actually follow science through science has a level of rigor and that's what that's where that's where me and science part I don't Real think anyone's ever do. described this show as rigorous. No, but, so that's, that's, yeah, I like, but that's the thing. You sort of go like, oh, yeah, this is really interesting. This is what I want to do. And then, and then you realize, oh, well, scientists, real scientists actually have to be painstaking and like really work. Like, and the, really. thing, the things they do to bring their studies to the public, like that pop science stuff, 
I think everyone assumes that that's what their day-to-day life is. Like astronomers <laughs> would sit, you know, like Sean Carroll would sit in his office and just like talk about all this mind. Man, can you believe like, well, no, you're probably like looking over you know, tons of data and yeah. trying to find well, patterns. I was this <laughs> close to coming up with a new theory, but then the campfire went out. Yeah. <laughs> no, and, it's a lot of equations. It's, it's, yeah, go ahead, Andy. Go ahead. I was going to say, I'm even more in my head about how unsciencey we are because I just went on iTunes right before we started recording to look at our reviews for some reason. And uh, we got like the first one star review we've gotten in a while. And why am I talking about it on the show? I don't, I don't know. Because you're a comedian <laughs> and you can't help but focus on the one person in the audience who isn't laughing. Yeah. Like, that's and, then, and then I go down the wormhole of like, I clicked on his account to see what else he'd reviewed just okay. to see if he always, and he's like, you do know, that. giving one star to like a ukulele, oh. a ukulele tuner because like, well, so he's, he's a glorified pitch pipe. star out. Because he's one a star one to star some, guy. But, I then, think you but should, then he I gave think... some five stars to things that I also think, I think are great. So I'm like, well, maybe we are garbage. I don't know. <laughs> Am I incapable of knowing? It's the catch 22 of, uh, you can't declare yourself a good podcast. <laughs> oh man i yeah it's funny we were talking about that like just bad review i mean i don't know matt have you read uh i you know like in Lo- like in london particularly they really review your shows you yeah know? and in edinburgh as well and so. in edinburgh so i you know even though i said i wasn't going to read the reviews i i i read them you can't have, like I've i got used to like what happened was they're not good for you mentally if they're not great but what I found is that I, I developed a thick skin and yeah. I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I don't know if this is maturity or this is denial, but I was like, I was like, oh, this, you know, okay, I get it. You know, whatever. I, I'm just going to keep doing what I do. And, and that's the ultimate thing about, you know, you know, if a reviewer really affects you really deeply, something's going on. You know what I mean? That, well, the other thing is, like, there's not, there's not a person or a band or a film or a book mm. in the world that appeals to everyone. Like, they just isn't. Of course. Apart from the Bible, which, of course... Yes. Uh, the Beatles oh. in the Bible is... Yeah. 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 You know, that's everyone's truth. But, um... But... You, sort of, you can't help but still go like, yeah, but I think my comedy is going to be the thing that everyone can agree is good. <laughs> <laughs> I know... Yeah. I know yeah. there are, you know... I know, yeah. I know there are people who think Shakespeare's shit, but I think... I yeah. think my comedy is going to be the one universal art form that 100% of humanity can agree is this is how it should be done. Yeah, when you think of it that way, that it's the cockiest thing in the world, so why not just like give in to... <laughs> just you're accept that have... some people won't like you. Of course. And every it's... so often, some of the people who won't like you have access to a typewriter. Yep. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah, he was Sometimes it can be good for you. Like, if you read... If the guy makes a good point, let's say, yeah, in the review, yeah. you could go... Oh, yeah. You know what? Because I just read a review from that fucking scumbag. And if you hear this, Brian, I'm sorry, but Brian Logan for The Guardian. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, but he made a couple of good points. And I was like, ah, yeah. And, <laughs> and it was like, ah, you know, I was all over the place a little bit. And I can be like that. You know what I mean? So if you don't want to listen to the bad ones, does that mean the, the good ones also don't give you as much of a rush? Because you have to, like, grain of salt with That's the too, bummer or? about it. Yeah. That's the bummer about it. Because once you start developing, this is the bummer about being even keeled in general. <laughs> and not being, not being like a, a, yeah. an egomaniac, like yeah. so many performers are that are just like, oh, anybody who doesn't like this is just wrong. Like, I'm the best. And no, actually, you're awful. You're just in denial. Yeah. You have no idea. Yeah. There's a Sarah Millican, the British comic, has a great rule what for is- uh, gig analysis. It's the 11 o'clock rule, which is no matter how good or no matter how bad the, a gig was, you have it until 11 o'clock the next morning to dwell on it. Okay. 
Oh, great rule. It's a great rule, right? So, you know, because there are useful things to do after either great or bad or middling gigs where, you know, there's analysis that's useful. What could I have done differently? What did I do yeah. right? What did I do wrong? And you could, But also, 11 o'clock rolls around and you go, right, line drawn underneath it. I've taken everything I can take from it. Yeah. And now just move on. Yeah. yeah. And it's and, also... And the same goes for the good ones as well. It's also... That kind of also implies that you're... That you're consenting to everything you do is a work in progress like like everything you do is a work in fucking pro- instead of like okay let me read uh the paper or the, the let me re- let me go online and read there is no paper i i fucking got scolded by some guy i said i said something like i glanced why don't you glance at a newspaper and this guy emailed me but no it was on twitter he was like newspaper how fucking retro of you or something like that oh, like like he was like taking me exist. i know they yeah, do but yeah. he was like really dude a newspaper <laughs> do you do you put that under your gramophone uh, yeah, yeah exactly. are you gonna telex them the news like, as if that's not even like it doesn't matter i feel like in 100 years it'll still be a term we'll use for reading the news online even so, sort of like he's just being a dick like that's yeah, yeah it's a reasonable a thing to call it no matter no matter whether you're holding it in your hand or reading it online it's uh, yeah you still read like the new york times online for yeah. you still call it that you'd still call the new york times i mean you don't you wouldn't call it a news website right you still call no matter how you're reading it you're still yeah referring to it as but like, i think we all or at least this is my egotistical stuff we all want to be considered great right like oh, of course like what we do we want to be like universally acclaimed but what i think the bummer about it is is that it's all just works in progress like we are always if you're like someone who just keeps doing this stuff it's all a work in pro- george carlin when he died was still working on stuff you yeah. know what i mean yeah and the way comedy works as well is I mean, not always. Someone like Carlin would just write a show. Like, yeah. he would sit down and write a yeah. show, and then he'd start running it That's in. That's true. But I think most comics, your your shows kind of evolve. Yeah. And then when you record them, that's just like, all right, that's a timestamp of how this stuff was at this day, at this time. Exactly. And hopefully you'll be lucky that that day and that time. Yeah. You know? I got lucky on, on a show in at Gotham that was being tape for the documentary about me and we made it an album because it was such a good show it just happened to be a good show and most of it was me riffing right and that was a comedy album called the great stillness i mean some of it was stuff i had worked on but about three quarters of it was just like bah, 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 bah. and you had the perfect audio because it was mic'd for the right. taping <laughs> right. it was a taping of uh, the bitter buddha correct yeah or, yeah which uh, listeners should check yeah. out can they go to BitterBuddha.com? Yeah, or yeah buy BitterBuddha.com. Or... Well, Steve, who directed that, has now... Yeah. yeah. He's, he's now parlayed that into... He's been directing specials and... Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's like also. a hot comedy director now. Yeah. You know? Um, yep, it's buy.thebitterbuddha.com mm-hmm. for that special. So, Eddie, we ask our guest this before we move into stories every week. Um, what, if anything, is your background in science? Uh, well, it's funny because... Uh, I went, my dad wanted me to not get into acting. So he steered me into this high school called Brooklyn Tech. And it was all science, basically. And it was hilarious because I really wasn't a science uh, person. Even though I find that with anything, like I had a great teacher for organic chemistry. Right. 
And the guy got me into he got me into it. I was so into it because I was going to say this at the top, too, that science, like anything else, can be a refuge from I think science particularly can be a refuge from the madness of the world. And I, and I think that's a big appeal of it is like it makes sense yeah. when you like. You know, like people talk about the elegance of math and, you know, the elegance of theories. And it's like, oh, this is so nice. It isn't like traffic on the 405 or the way, well, it's, you know, this it's woman is acting in my right. life. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, whatever. But it's the it's the quest to make sense. Like it's the, the and again, quest it's a, to make sense. again, it like all science is a work in progress as well. But um, but we've heard so many yeah. times that one good teacher or one bad teacher has yeah, made yeah, yeah. such a difference. I, I got lucky with, I had some very good science and math teachers when I was a kid. So right. a shout out to Mr. Harris, if you're listening. <laughs> uh, he, he was like, a, almost like a Jaime Escalante kind of, you know, stand like, and deliver. Did you ever see that? Yeah. Edward James almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and he got, I think he got an entire school, like, pregnant. I think for fun, yes. <laughs> Secondary to the math accomplishments. Who is this? It was my calculus teacher. And I think oh, yeah. for like a five or ten years streak, every single person who took his class got a five on the on the AP test, which is like the highest score. Wow. And places you out of it I could have used him because calculus killed me in college. Yeah. Calculus took me out of science, which I would love to go back to it and see if I could do it, but it took me out of science. It's, Again, it's just having a good teacher, I think, because yeah. it's quite logical calculus. It really is. Like It's, it's the kind of thing that it makes sense that two different dudes sort of had to invent it just to make sense of the way things move and yeah and then spent decades arguing over who got there first right 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 lives Leibniz oh really there's two calculus Leibniz guys and newton were the two by the way the thing about science too that's hilarious to me is that i i've read bryson have you guys mm-hmm. read the history of the short history I've of everything i've read a third of it I, have you met like I you know what i'm talking about i've read like, some anyway, of his other books but not that one which well, probably he, doesn't help for this conversation <laughs> if you want to know about american woods I got oh yeah that's the one I've, I've read all of that one but like a third <laughs> of the science one yeah but he talks about, uh, you know, a lot of the, you know, the genesis of scientific theory and the egos in science are hilarious. Like the guys, the internists in fighting between scientists over, oh, yeah, yeah. over, over a claim. It's, it, it, yeah. they're, they're as egotistical as we are. And particularly back in the day. I think, I think now, I'm sure it still does happen, but now science is so much more finessed. Like it's so much more specific uh, because... You know, there aren't the great generalists in the way that they used to be because you just can't. You can't be doing science or mathematics at the highest level across a broad range. It's so specific now. Mm-hmm. But back, you know, 1700s, where you could just be like a man of science. And, oh, yeah. and there were huge discoveries being made on the regular basis by these giants of right of the world so yeah i'm sure there were just these fl- raging egos because you'd just be like this is the cleverest man in the world <laughs> like people yeah. would be proclaimed that and we talked about it i think in one of the first episodes we ever did when brooks was on about the the dinosaur wars between edward cope and oc marsh the two guys who were both excavating in the in the american west and finding dinosaur bones and sabotaging each other and like that you what? see that's the hilarious yeah. that yeah. is hilarious to me is that you know, in a way, it, it isn't about science anymore. These guys are like... It's just ego. They, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. fucking ego and fame and the chase the chase of, after fame. Yeah. They're like fucking... What are they, theater people? <laughs> these guys should do a production of Carousel, a lot of these, <laughs> a lot of these scientists. 
Yeah, it's like everybody and everyone wants to blame that everyone wants to say that science fails or the scientific method fails when a person is just human. It's like no, they just weren't applying the rules of science correctly. Yeah. Like the method isn't flawed. The implementation of the method is flawed because it's implemented by people who were always flawed. Like it's Yeah, I hate, oh, I that's the reason someone will like say, "Oh, evolution isn't real because uh, Darwin was wrong about the moths or whatever, like one specific little thing, and it's like, well, that was a mistake. Was Dar- Darwin weren't wrong about moths? There was, isn't there's a moth thing? Maybe it wasn't Darwin. There, there Did was he some... claim they they didn't eat coats? <laughs> yeah. There was a thing about <laughs> moths being darkly darkly colored in uh, some mm. area in England where there were a lot of industrial yeah. plants, and that the ash they blended in with the trees, and that was debunked. And I think creationists used that. Like there's, they could find one chink in the armor, then they say, "Well, then all of evolution is probably bullshit." If this one, well, thing that's wasn't... ridiculous. Are they just trying to knock Darwin down because he got Maybe all again? Because Dar- yeah, just evolution in general, because that's still being yeah. fought, right? I mean, people are still saying it's just a theory. Well, come on, that's not being fought by anyone with any intelligence. It, I mean, in is schools, it, uh, we're talking about the creationist assholes. Yeah, there are still schools Fuck where they're saying people. they're saying teach the controversy, which means you know don't ju- they say teach evolution, but also teach uh, that there's a controversy about whether it's real. Is that there is no controversy? The, You've yeah. invented the interest of balance argument. It gets done with climate change as well. Like, well, it, the news does it all the time. But they're like, we these need to are have a right wing fucks. Oh yeah, we're to- this is political stuff we're but, talking but, about. But the yeah, argu- religious. Yeah. But the the angle that they keep pushing is is balance, especially the environment. It's balance Those and fairness. Oh yeah, yeah. I they're mean, trying to. They're the, the people who are saying, "Let's hear the, the 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 argument about environment." Are just people who want to make money off of coal and oil and stuff like that. I think. Yeah, uh, you there know was what I mean? a film I saw recently. What was it called? There's a documentary uh, that was just about this. And now I can't remember. I'm going to have to look it up. Wait, are you saying there's a documentary about corrupt corporations? <laughs> Hold, co- tight, wait a Andy. Wait a Hold tight, Andy. Hold tight. By the way, took a you guys are laughing about that, but I can't get enough of those. Oh, oh, counterbalance. There's a reason the Netflix bullshit. is 90% like conspiracy, not conspiracy, yeah. but you know, like why, why the food you eat is garbage because Monsanto is owned by <laughs> Enron under the umbrella of Clear Channel. And, Here we go. Like, it's um, Merchants of Doubt is the name of the ooh. film. Okay. It was re- it's really well done, and it is it's. All about, What's this one? It's it's about the climate change denial industry, and one of the first. Do they thing, expose those fuckers? Oh yeah, one of the first things it shows in the film is how not only are they using the same playbook that they used for tobacco a few yes. decades earlier, yeah. but yes. in some cases it's the same people. Like it's the same PR people. Do you do you know any names? Like is it Roger Ailes by any chance? Uh, like like I'm sure there's like some fa- you know some guys it's like, who've I think been the doing the PR equivalent a, of those like. Uh, Spin consultants when a celebrity yeah. like gets caught with Absolutely. underage girls and coke. And, yeah. Like, yeah, I don't care yeah. who you fucked. I'm going to get you out of this one. Yeah. And it is like that. And it, but it's called Merchants of Doubt because even they're fairly upfront about their methods. Like they're fairly open about what they do. Yeah. But they just go, all they have to do is cast doubt because their only job That's is to Obf- slow action. Like they don't have to show obfuscation. Exactly, I think is the word. they don't have yeah. to show that. They don't have to prove. That man-made climate change is bullshit. They just have to. No, they just have to. Which they can't. They're not able to. They just have to show that it. They just have to claim that the waters are muddier than they are. They just have to. And it's the same thing they did with smoking back in the day. They just threw enough Mm -hmm. until it was just a hundred percent. All right, now there's no denying this. They just cast enough doubt and just stall Mm -hmm. the process enough to get another 
couple of decades worth you, of cigarette sales out of people. I'll tell you, it's really evil about the environment because what I'm reading about the environment now, not to scare anybody out mm-hmm. there, is that it's fucked. We're it's like fucked. Too late. Yeah. Yeah. Now I like but I go the other way. Like I read the authors on the other end of the spectrum than these fucking more. But it's a woman named Naomi Klein and she has a book called This Changes Everything. Uh, she's the one who wrote No Logo back in the day, right? No logo and she also wrote uh uh The Shock Doctrine. Uh anyway, it, it's just like the environment is not good. So these, these guys are, are so good. evil well, to like fucking like kind of argue like, hey, come on. It's not really just because the Arctic fucking shelf is melting. We're going to get uptight about that. We, we could plow straight into a story. Yeah, this, um, there's something that's sent in just today by our friend Morgan Perrine. Uh He sent in both a story because this has been going around on Facebook today. Uh picked up by all the new sources and then an immediate debunking <laughs> which is i love it when i love it when we get the debunking at the same time that we get the original story uh it's already been debunked. And yet we're still going to talk about it of course okay, we are because yeah. i think it's i think it's a value to talk about because people are going to read this in the next few days mm-hmm. the story initial story is mini ice age could bring freezing temperatures by 2030 <laughs> a mini ice age could hit the earth in the 2030s the first such event to occur since the early 1700s According to the article in Wired magazine, new mathematical models of the sun's solar cycle developed at Northumbria University suggest solar activity will fall by 60%, causing temperatures on Earth to plummet. The last mini ice age occurred between 1645 and 1715 and caused global temperatures to rot fall dramatically, with London's River Thames freezing during winter and sea ice extending for miles around the UK. 1645? That yeah. was? To yeah, it was before my time. Um... <laughs> It was pr- called the Maunder Minimum. I've never heard of that. Yeah, due to sunspots, um, sunspots? becoming exceedingly rare. So a, a scarcity of sunspots. Uh, such periods were thought to be driven by convecting waves of fluid deep within the sun. But new research suggests a second force or wave is at play. Two waves operating at different layers in the sun's interior are now believed to drive solar activity. When these waves are desynchronized, temperatures on Earth fall. Um... So this this is the initial story, um, and then Phil Platt, who blogs and writes, uh, he writes in Discover magazine and also in Slate uh, under the Bad Astronomy heading. It's a great column. Yeah. Um, he says much ado was made over the recent news that the sun's magnetic activity may be cooling off over the next few years. Can this mean that the Earth will literally cool off, sleeping into an ice age? So, uh, you know, the Telegraph, the Daily Mail, typically, because God, when there's a bullshit piece of sensationalism they can leap on they will um daily mail uses the headline earth facing a mini ice age within 10 years did you see the the average person in england just picking up the mail and going oh my god yeah cancel the picnic in 2030 right well also (laughs) this plays into the global warming phase as phil platt goes on to say um the answer spoiler alert is almost certainly no I want to make sure that's clear because I will bet essentially any amount of money that some climate change denial sites will run with the story and claim we don't need to worry about global warming, which is baloney. Uh, and his, his reasoning is that the sun has a magnetic cycle. It's a magnetic field waxing and waning in strength roughly every 11 years. And the strength and complexity of the solar field governs a lot of the surface activity, including sunspots, solar flares, things like that. Um, and uh, actually, wait, this was written. Are these both of the same time? these articles because this is from 2011 Ooh. so either way Morgan so Perrine. he's yeah the, the the debunking is from four years ago and the article about the ice age is from this week so 
as the debunking was written right now, he says in 2011, we've just left a period of an extended minimum and the next max is due in 2013 or 2014. So I guess we could look up and see whether that happened. Um, but scientists studying the sun have seen three independent lines of reasoning indicating that the next rise to the solar peak in 2022 or so may be delayed or even not occur at all. And uh, the author of this wrote in another post um, about that. It's the core of the, quote, oncoming ice age claim. So you should read it, as he says. Um, and. Oh, wow, this gets into a, this. This is pretty heavy with data. I'm not sure we can actually summarize his debunking quickly, but. Um, uh, here we go. Here's the wrap up at the end. OK. Number one, claims of an imminent global ice age are at best exaggerated. Uh, number two, the link of global cooling to an extended solar magnetic minimum is tenuous and almost certainly needs something else to force it to occur, like lots of volcanoes. And three, we're not even all that sure we're headed for an extended minimum. So even if there is a minimum, uh, it doesn't. sunspot activity doesn't affect the temperature on Earth nearly as much as other things, like, for example, carbon dioxide and, and other greenhouse gases. Yeah. Um, Interesting that this was... Yeah, I do want to see if this is still valid or if anything that's happened in the last four years debunks the debunking. I have no, uh, I have no dog in this race. I'm just wondering, is that the saying, or is it horse in this race? Is it dog in this fight? Dog in this fight. Dog in this horse fight. In this horse race. Dogs this also race. race. Dog, that's a thing. Horse, a dog race horses before. don't fight, but dogs do race. Dogs, yeah. Yeah, they have greyhounds. It's not, not the size I think of the. You never been to it here. Yeah, you never been to a horse fight. Ha ha ha! Oh yeah, like a front leg or back leg based fight. You think? You know what? I think it's back leg. The one I went to, they just both go into a dark room and only one horse comes out. Okay. And they, you know, they dip their little hooves into broken glass. <laughs> the ones I see are bar fights. A horse walks into a bar. <laughs> Bartender says, why the long face? And then it gets nasty. Yeah, just why like, do you have to insult him right off the bat? It's Oh, yeah. You guys are like, yeah, like I haven't heard that before. <laughs> God, every time a horse walks into a bar, they must be dreading that line. But by the way, by the way, like to throw out something like, like you guys just threw out this story about there may be a global ice age. These things are so huge. And, like, we're, we're and then you start sure, talking yeah. about sunspots and like what goes on with magnetic fields. And this is so far over the head of like most, uh, you know, every average person. Right, like, right. like it's hilarious to me how science can be used to uh, by, by people who want to like to, like you said, sensationalize. Like, yeah. Well, that's kind of funny to me. And also, that's the same thing that these the the doubt merchants mm-hmm. uh, use. make absolute use of. Because yeah, science is difficult and it's complicated, mm-hmm. and it's very easy to right. ignore. Like it, scientific consensus isn't very engaging to the to the public. Like it's not very it's not thrilling to kind of go ninety eight percent of the best evidence we have supports this mm-hmm. conclusion like that's not as thrilling as to just throw other yeah but what about this and what about this? and also i think i think humans are humans are very bad at weighing evidence like we're very bad like the brain is not good at doing that that's why science that's why scientists have lots of statistics that have been developed over the years to accurately analyze things because your gut instinct as to what data says is not necessarily right. That's why you have to analyze and go like, okay, now we know this is probably true with this degree of confidence and this is what we understand to be the case. The human brain isn't... The human brain, when you're just faced with 
here's some evidence and here's some evidence to the contrary, you don't know what various degrees and what significance levels various bits of data are. You just right, don't know. Right. You're like, you look at it and go, oh, okay, well, I guess there's a debate. I guess there's a, it's 50-50 on this one and we don't know. No, we do know. We do know. It's not 50-50. If you're a fan of the Bible, you go with your gut. Yeah, You exactly. go with your gut because that's usually right on. What really sucks is scientists who get bought and paid for by corporations. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. they have some scientific knowledge and those guys are really evils or gals. They're yeah. really evil for like, like, like they're just to me. They're the worst. Like, it's like really, like you know that this is untrue, but you're going to say it because you're getting a paycheck. Yeah, you're the it's Ann like, Coulter of science. Like, you know in your heart what but you're there's doing. A lot of like, these yeah. fucking people. They're they must be really mediocre pieces of shit. And yeah, I well, hope they're listening. Well, <laughs> well, in some cases as well, like on the climate side, and also on the vaccine side as well, which is another very <laughs> similar playbook and very similar amount of bullshit. Um, although with, I think with, with different motives and with an interesting, one tends to be more on the left and one tends to be more on the right, but, um, you do get respected scientists commenting on this, but never normally from their field. Like you go like, this guy's a Nobel prize winner and he says climate change is bullshit. And you go, yeah, but he's not a Nobel prize winner in climate science. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's won a Nobel prize for chemistry and this isn't chemistry. You know, it's not... He's yeah. probably only got like a basic undergraduate knowledge of climate science at best. Well, why would he be saying though? Because usually yeah. if you're a scientist, you kind of, you know, I mean, there should be some integrity in it. Like as a comedian, I will not say a particular comedian is very funny if I know he's not. <laughs> Eddie, I'm right here. Yeah. <laughs> that That stuff... <laughs> I don't know if I talked about this on That's the That's totally air. like the, the opposite of what we're talking about. Yeah. That is subjective. It is subjective, but still, you know what's good. Yeah. You know what's... Like, there was a... I think I could say this if I don't say any names. Like, I, you know, I work I work on Bridgetown, the festival, right. and uh, there was an agent who was pushing somebody on us, and it was, oh, I it love was just... That, by the it way. was somebody who was just not that good. Like, it's yeah. a person who's had a career in non-stand-up things, and, um, you know, like so many people, like, yeah. oh, I can just dabble in this because I'm a performer, I can just do this. Well, and it wasn't funny. And someone else who works in the festival with me kept pushing back on this agent and saying, come on, you know this this person isn't funny. Like, stop. He's like, can we please just have have them? You know, they're not... And after, like, three or four pushbacks, the agent came. He's like, yeah, I hate that we have to, I hate that we have to promote this person. I, I was like, wait a second. I... At least I respected you before. I disagreed with you, but now it's like you know who's bad, and you're like, yeah, but for some reason we have to push this person. Like, oh my god! I didn't. That's that's okay to say. I think what I just said. I right? There's no okay. names at all. That's yeah. fine. It's Everybody knows who it is. in the abstract. Everybody knows, knows their it client. is. It's Neil deGrasse right? who <laughs> has been trying to get into stand-up now because he's funny on that fucking universe show, and he's he tried to get into bridge. But can you board. imagine if that's I think your you're agent? getting Neil deGrasse Tyson mixed up with deGrasse Junior High? <laughs> that's where he went. That's how he got, got the nickname, the right? Isn't he an alum? Of I that? just couldn't let that one. <laughs> <laughs> but imagine if that was your agent and someone g- g- broke them down. Like, yeah, it is oh, not yeah. funny. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that's an agent, though, who has probably had reached the point with that client where he's, he's, he's like going. Where, 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 yeah, and he's going, we're not doing this anymore. Yeah, yeah. Or he's quitting. Yeah, well, that's like, that was like his Jerry Maguire walkout yeah. day. Yeah. Yeah, Who's yeah. with me? Uh, so I feel like we could transition from a story about crazy shit that might happen to uh, crazy shit we have actually done as humans um, in the form of scientists demonstrating animal mind melds 
which are as awesome as they sound. Um, so in recent years, scientists have wondered what brains could do if they were linked together in even bigger networks. Uh, and Miguel A. Nicolasis, director of the Center for Neuroengineering at Duke University, and his colleagues have now made the idea a bit more tangible by linking together animal brains with electrodes. <laughs> this is very, for thanks, real. Justin Broad, for sending this one in. Yeah. In a pair of studies published on Thursday in the journal Scientific Reports, the researchers report that rats and monkeys can coordinate their brains to carry out such tasks as moving a simulated arm or recognizing simple patterns. In many of the trials, the networked animals performed better than individuals. Um, Eddie, you sounded like you had a question. I'm just angry if because I am super, super protective of animals in scientific testing. Mm -hmm. And if they're fucking hooking these animals up when they're alive to, you know, you know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. I can't stand any of these fucking scientists mm -hmm. uh, testing on animals. And, and they do. There's they, no line that you'd be OK with. No, I know there are some people who are like, um, oh, you know, like cancer testing or something like that. Or, you know, I, I, I think it's so disgusting what they do to animals uh, in general. Like, uh, yeah, across the board. I don't think there's any line I, I'd be good with. No. I mean, what about no. if, if the animal doesn't? Um, I mean, I, I scanned the article to see if there's any discussion of what happens after this, because I don't think this is, this is invasive, but I don't think it ends their lives or anything. So It is invasive. What well, are I mean, they doing? Are they electrode. putting them, yeah, are they putting them in pain? Like, no, how are they? I, I don't think they would be in pain any more well, than... if they're not in pain, I, I guess I'm okay. They're probably fearful that they're in a fucking oh, laboratory. Yeah. Well, of course. I, I don't know, but I, I guess if there are things no, that can't like be... Fuck them. <laughs> I guess I'm a pretty person-centric person when it comes to these things. So if things can benefit humans, I'm... Mm. Well, I'm okay. I always wonder why, like, I don't know. I, I just don't get why animal life is, and this is probably going to make me sound like a lunatic a no, little no, bit. No, 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 no. But why animal life is less valuable than, than human life. I, I feel like we play God with them and it's we really do. fucked. Because we were able to develop, you know, thumbs, basically. But I feel They're like... so much superior to us in so many ways. You but know, they what, don't write symphonies. They don't write symphonies. But they're far more you, athletic. Where do you draw the line, though? You know, because there's so many living things that none of us would bat an eye about killing. So is it just vertebrates? Is it I just mean, mammals? I, like, that's my I, thing. I killed so how do I know bee which, the other day, which I, which I felt... And those are smart. I mean, relatively for, for for their size, I guess. I don't know, um, but yeah, because no, the bees are disappearing, kind of... and then as soon as I see one, I killed it. See, I'll eat. I'll eat. <laughs> There's one. I'll eat pork, but I also rescued yeah. a bee out of the swimming pool the other week. So yeah, well, uh, I give you a D minus. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm passing this. Yeah, I, I, I was vegetarian I don't eat for a little meat, while, but I did once kick a cow to death. <laughs> Just for looking at me the wrong way. <laughs> and just left all that delicious well, meat there. Well, uh, knowing you, Matt, I feel like the cow deserved it. Right. No, but I don't like experimentation on animals. I think it's okay. fucked. Okay. Well, I, I mean, hope you get some uh, email about that. I just think I could, it is fucked. But what's the mind melt okay, thing? It so sounds ridiculous, It's ridiculous. It's kind of awesome if you put aside the fact that they obviously had to do a little bit of um, yeah. skull and, and it stuff. and it does say oh, this really? uh, and it does say this kind of down. research in the long run could lead to being able to yeah, combine sure. uh, uh, search and rescue people's brains together to make collective decisions, or surgeons might be able to collectively operate on a single patient. <laughs> 
so what are they talking about? These this is Duke actually, University. Yeah. So for the past twenty five years, they doc, smoke a lot over there. Doctor Nicolaitis. In the tobacco row. <laughs> they smoke All they a lot do of- is smoke and watch basketball. Uh, Doctor Nicolaitis and his colleagues have been designing devices that decipher signals recorded by electrodes implanted in brains. With these instruments, monkeys can learn to control robot arms and even entire robotic exoskeletons. And uh, monkeys get better at these tasks as more brain neurons join in the effort to produce commands. The scientists wondered if combining brains into a network might bring an even greater supply of neurons to bear on the tasks. So they began by implanting two sets of electrodes in the brains of four rats. One set delivered a signal into one part of each brain, while the other eavesdropped on a different brain patch. And the four rats received the same signal, and then a computer monitored how their brains responded. If all four rats produced synchronized signals in their brains, they were reward- they were rewarded with a sip of water, which is like a pretty baseline reward. Like, does that mean they're not getting water unless? At least they should be taken out to a, you know, a decent rat restaurant, right? Or, or given you know, cocaine, like they do that in some studies. Get them out of the rat race. Get them out of the rat race at 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 the very least. Let's take him to an Applebee, a rap, rap But you know what, man? Like, like, just I'm just hearing cursorily what they're doing. I, it just sounds like this is not going to be your story. Bullshit. You're not going to like this story. <laughs> uh, but it's interesting if you if you can remove the emotions attached to working on animals. Like intellectually, it's interesting that they were actually able to get them to work together uh, to, ach- to achieve these these tasks just based on this direct brain feedback loop. Um, yeah, so they learned how to consistently synchronize their brains, making it possible for the rats to act like a simple computer. In one experiment, the animals learn how to produce different brain responses to two different signals, a single burst of electropulses or four bursts. And um, the rats learn how to produce synchronized activity in response to one of those and unsynchronized activity in the other. And their collective response was correct as often as 87% of the time, substantially more or better than an individual rat learning on its own. Um so then they move to the wrong guy. They move from rats story. to monkeys. I feel oh, like we especially should just monkeys. Stop. Leave monkeys alone, you fucking cocktail. You know, scientists should experiment on other scientists. <laughs> That's I no. It just came to me. These fucking bastards. <laughs> they no. I'm serious. They should get, to, other, like, get, like, get. How many scientists are there? Saying. There's probably a lot. Now, probably a lot of them are mediocre. Uh, Most of them. Get a bunch of mediocre scientists and start putting electrodes. Whatever they do into the animals, do to these yeah, fucking scientists. And let's let's see people. how they fucking feel. I bet there are people. I bet there. Are, I bet there are people that are only not doing that because of rules about not being able to do that. Like there are people that will sign up to go die on Mars. You know? Is that right? People. Oh, so many people signed up for a one-way trip to Mars. Yeah, and it, it seems increasingly like the company that was yeah, offering it is bullshit. It's just utterly yeah. full of shit. But yeah. those people still are aware of the philosophical implications of the trip. Like these are people that are like, yeah, I'd be fine. <laughs> the philosophical thing. implications. Like, yeah, they, there's no chance they can like have fuel to take off from Mars and send them back home. So they're just going like, to Oh, they're just going to wind up yeah, in, one way in uh, space ground control. <laughs> their, play lo- their playlist is totally like it's ground control, uh, to Major Tom, uh, Little Elton John, little, yeah, Rocket Man. Yeah, yeah. God help the one person who wants to put on a non-space song. <laughs> What the hell is this Beyonce shit yeah. doing on here? <laughs> okay, I just heard Bowie, but it wasn't the right Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so should we continue or is this going to... Uh, maybe we have to give you like a calming chamomile tea, Eddie, for t- to well, finish this story? I just, well, I just, I just... That's how I feel about I get it. experimentation on animals. It's, I think it's really fucking cruel. But I mean... I mean, I just do. There's no line. There's it no, should be on other scientists. If we could cure cancer tomorrow by... 
shocking a bunch of monkeys. We haven't cured shit. We've cured some things. We have. That's true. We've cured some things, and it's been because it of animals. Animal in testing? some ways, has haven't some of them been due to animals? I want to believe they yeah, have. I don't know. But I mean, stuff we could have done, we could have tested it on humans. Uh, no, I mean like uh, the not? moral. Okay, because if they would have died, like yes. the animals are dying. So, what so wait, the uh, fuck do you really that's God do you again? really equate uh, human life with another animal's life like equally? Like if you had, if there was a squirrel in the road and your friends in the road and there's a truck coming, you can push one out of the way. I mean, I'm going to push that squirrel. No, wait. <laughs> the opposite. It depends on who the friend s- is and what the friend. Okay, okay. Like, let's say the friend. Okay, is, a true friend. No, let's yeah. say the friend <laughs> said he was going to drive me right. to LAX <laughs> recently. And he didn't drive me. And you know who I'm talking about if you're yeah. listening, Bob. And you know what I mean? And if he didn't drive me and that squirrel who didn't do a fucking thing. To but me. at least he didn't Am I gonna push he the was squirrel going away. to drive you and then not not drive No, you. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying and it does sound ridiculous when you put it that way. But I, I just feel like okay, this is what I, this is uh, to clarify it. I feel like they do a lot of unnecessary yeah. stuff like this to me does not sound like this mind melt bullshit does not sound like they're working on an interesting real kind of potential cure for anything. I think this totally it's it's showing ways that you do you that like this brains one? can work in ways that we hadn't anticipated before and it could have what are you, vast, you weighing on this shit it could what, have, what, what is this mind meld shit first of all the whole the term mind meld <laughs> just reeks of like like someone smoking a lot of dope well yeah. it does say that there are ethical other like ethical considerations if this does oh. if it's if this does end up being a thing that works it says uh, the video game industry might drive the development of better devices mm-hmm. uh that can allow players to join large-scale networks. Such games will create ethical problems similar to those we now face on the internet. If a company records people's brain signals as part of a network, what guarantee will there be that someone can't steal the data? Of what? Of your brain. People don't want my data. I'll tell you that right now, you know. It's tainted data. Tainted is maybe the proper word. (laughs) That'd be a good, like... Dystopian futuristic sci-fi <laughs> movie is like everyone. Someone, some super corporation assumes that getting everyone's brain activity it, together is going to make them super powerful, but they just get all of everyone's neuroses. Like Absolutely. it just becomes a super neurotic. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so let's finish. I know this is brutal, but uh, let's just assume these monkeys were all fine afterwards. They patched up their skulls. They probably are. Like this is just they putting an electrode. Up their skulls doesn't it's, sound good. It, but humans get brain surgery. It happens. Okay, so they moved from rats to monkeys, um, and they showed um, they implanted electrodes into two monkeys instead of one. Each monkey looked at a computer screen on which there were images of an arm and a ball. The computer combined the brain signals from both monkeys to move the arm. The two monkeys learned to work together to reliably move the arm to the ball, which produced a reward. And in another trial, one monkey learned to control the horizontal movement of the arm, while the other monkey controlled its vertical movement by means of electrical brain impulses. And an even more ambitious test, the scientists programmed a virtual arm in three-dimensional space, allowing three monkeys to share control of different aspects of its movement. And how once again, the monkeys learned to move the arm to the ball. How is this relating to human endeavor? Can you tell me? Well, like we said, eventually you could have a way of linking yeah. up people's brains to form like a supercomputer of sorts to solve a more complicated problem or take on a task like operating on a, on a patient or doing a search and rescue mission. So everyone's aware of each other's input and how? working as a supercomputer. But, but think about this logically. Like, how the fuck are we going to do this? Through electrodes being yeah. planted? Theoretically, you, it could be that. Yeah, I, know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm no, and Kirsten, you're you're blank on this. What 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 is going on with you over there? I, Are you just looking pictures of London where you just were? 
like, oh my god, how did I not visit the the Tower Bridge? <laughs> I've been, I Ferris lived there, wheel, I was born though? there. Have you done the Ferris wheel? The eye? The, the London eye? No, I haven't done it. I haven't done it either. But but, so ahead. friends of mine have geeked in it. What? Like, they did a thing a, a few years ago where they had they they had this they had this thing where I can't remember what it's for. I think this was some charity deal. Uh-huh. But on a specific day, people would buy tickets to a pod, and there would be a performance in there. Okay. <laughs> and some of those performances were comedians, but so and some of them were like some quite famous comedians. I think it must have been a charity thing because I think some quite famous bands as well. Like you might some you might end up in that pod with like quite a well-known band doing like an acoustic. That sounds like a, a, awesome. a formula for tinnitus. <laughs> if you're in a small enclosed area with a, well, with it, a, you know, it also takes quite a while to go around. So. If it turns out to be a not good gig, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I can see the, the, that would be a funny like video of a comedian. Like uh, anybody here uh, have uh, anybody here into animal testing? Yeah, <laughs> animal testing. Anybody? And you're with a bunch of vegans <laughs> like it's, me. It's just <laughs> slowly mapping where you are. Like in the bottom right hand corner of the video, it's just showing. All right, now is it ninety degrees? Still another. <laughs> Three quarters so of the circle more to, to go. go. Where was I with the linked together well, monkey brain? I was brains. asking you about, you know, where's this going to lead to? And a couple of monkeys were able to move an arm horizontally is what... It, it basically just, it opens up, it starts us down a road towards having super powerful computation powers with our brains being able to do things we haven't been able to do but, before but because they're actually because done by fucking computers no, no not really i mean the way that human, the human brain doesn't work yeah, exactly true. like a computer that's it's true. it's superior to any computer we've ever built so and, and the other thing is like this kind of technology not the linking together of different animals but the kind of the technology that's led to controlling things with like with electrodes in the brain and and it doesn't even need to now be necessarily uh implanted in the brain there are like ecg devices that can stick on top of this what kind can, of devices uh eeg okay uh sorry i said ecg at first which is, is heart electroencephalogram yeah. maybe is that- um but that kind of technology is now letting for example people with amputated limbs control replacement limbs and that's gonna get better and better it's still very early days but that's gonna i can see in a in not too distant future, a point where someone who has an artificial limb can control it the same way we control. That's a perfect example of, how it's, of how it's helping somebody. Yeah, we'll get to the point that you can do every nuance that you can do with your arm with a robotic arm that's just translating signals from your brain because mm. we know about more about how it works. Mm. Imagine so losing your hand to a crocodile how, how and then still being able to play guitar. I think they work now. Like I think People sometimes will be cutting off their limbs so they get. A, a, a superior a better, limb. Yeah. yeah, I don't have the reach right now. I just can't get that. <laughs> That's fifth the interesting fret. thing about science. Like, like one of the interesting things about science is like, like just what you were talking about before. Whoever brought it up, like in, instead of it melding to be a good thing, like mm-hmm. it gets our neurosis and 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 evolves into a bad thing, or people start cutting off their limbs for these for, for the these limbs. You, you know what I mean? Upgrades. And it becomes a ridiculously trendy thing to do among. <laughs> Single mothers for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> like we can't foresee anything. Are they the early adopters of anything? Yeah, I, don't like, know. I, I just I just brought it up like that it. like we can't foresee really what's going to happen gonna in the, the human realm because yeah. human beings are so fucking crazy. Hey, well, if if someone does decide to write that up as a as a science fiction book, you know, you, you know what would be a good way to consume that book? I think I know where you're going, Matt. Audible? <laughs> Audible would be a good way, because you could sit there and read that book. Like I a- was just listening to Audible outside your apartment. I was listening to uh, The Death of the Liberal Class <laughs> right outside your apartment. 
<laughs> well, there you go. You enjoying that? Very much so. Well, you could, you too, you too, kind Probably Science listener, could be enjoying that. You could be listening to that right now. You can go to audible.com slash PSP and get a free audiobook and a 30-day trial today. Uh, obviously, you're a smart person. You listen to this podcast. You're a literate type. You also like listening to the spoken word. Why not browse their selection of over 180,000 audiobooks? Um, some ones we can recommend you check out include past guests and authors like Chris Hadfield, whose book, An Astronaut's Guide to Life on Earth, is on there, narrated by him. And the same is true for David Epstein's The Sports Gene. Our favorite physicist, Jan Levin, has mm-hmm. a book that's on there. Uh, the book that Eddie just mentioned, This Changes Everything, Capitalism versus the Climate by Naomi Klein, is available. Ooh, it's a good so one. These are all possibilities for getting a free audiobook to start off your subscriptions. Audible offers free apps for iPhones, iPad, Android, and Windows Phone. Unlike streaming or rental services with Audible, you own your books. And thanks to a technology called WhisperSync for voice, you can switch back and forth between reading the book on a Kindle or listening to the audiobook, and it will keep your place between the different formats. Yeah, I didn't either. And if you really want to get into it, immersion reading on the Kindle Fire HD lets you listen and read at the same time and highlights the text as you read along with the narrator. I think that's a little bit too much like karaoke personally. (laughs) And if you really want to get into the Audible mind meld experience, which has benefited from the recent work on orangutans, Mm Uh, please get the Audible Mind Meld Mind where you can be reading with other folks and get their takes on what you've just read. That's Audible Sentence Mind by Meld. sentence. So yeah, we have a new sponsor. We're very happy about it. If you don't already have an Audible uh, subscription, do it. Sign up. It costs you nothing. You will get a free book and a free month. Yep. So do that. Audible.com slash PSP. PSP is in Probably Science Podcast. Audible.com oh, slash Oh, that makes PSP. a lot more sense. Or PlayStation Portable, however you want to remember <laughs> it. Like, why were they doing that? But yeah, audible.com slash PSP. Sign up, read a book, and listen to a book simultaneously mm-hmm. or at different times and jump between the two. And thank you, Audible, for supporting the show. Hey, you know how else you can support the show? How is that, Matt? You can donate. Mm-hmm. You can go to probablyscience.com and you can click on the donate button and that helps us keep the show running. And it if does. you are not able to donate and you are not uh, <laughs> someone who is on it. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm fucking it up. I know where you're going. Yeah. Spread the word. Yeah, yeah. You could write a review if you like the show. I mean, you could do it if you don't like the show too, but like, wouldn't you have better things to do with your day? Than- <laughs> Hypothetically, let's get back into a story. Yes. I, we shouldn't even do this. We've just, just we've just found out about your how Eddie feels about animals. Oh. There was another animal story, a small animal story. So and- we just talk about eating citrus being bad for your skin. Okay, <laughs> is that one? We- yeah, that's better. Okay, we don't have to get as worried about this one. Uh, if you eat a lot of citrus, you should be careful in the sun because citrus fruits contain compounds that make skin more light sensitive. Mm-hmm. A large new study finds that white people who consumed a lot of grapefruits or orange juice. So that's uh, greyhounds and screwdrivers had a small but significantly higher 25-year risk of malignant melanoma. Greyhounds and screwdrivers? Greyhounds and screwdrivers. You think it might have been the alcohol? <laughs> Maybe it's... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so citrus is a healthy food, but the study authors suggest extra sunscreen or cover might be prudent for a few days after consuming a lot of it. In a new study in the Journal of Clinical Oncology, researchers based at Brown University and Rhode Island Hospital examined whether a citrus consumption could present a potential health risk. And they found that in two large samples totaling more than 100,000 white men and women, high consumption of grapefruit and to a lesser extent, orange juice was associated with a somewhat higher risk of malignant melanoma. Mm-hmm. And um, Baz Lovenberg sent that story in. He did. Way. Thank you for sending that. And what were the, the, they defined what the higher amounts were. Those who consumed overall citrus, 1.6 
more times or more times per day at a 36% higher risk compared with those who consumed less than twice per week. So if you're eating a lot of citrus, uh, use sunscreen for the next couple of days. But then use sunscreen anyway. I think this is one of those stories. Well, if you that... live here where we are yeah. in L.A., you have to use sunscreen no matter, you know. I mean, I eat 35 oranges a day, <laughs> which I know is a lot, but I as use a lot goes, of sun. goes, 35 oranges a day keeps the scurvy away, as we've yeah. all been talking. <laughs> right. Well, I, you know, my, rel- my, my great-great-great-great-grandfather was a Somalian pirate. <laughs> <laughs> and uh he was ahead of his time in that mm-hmm. field he was the only one yeah, at the time. yeah. yeah. and he knew that someday yeah. one of his ancestors would make tom hanks's life miserable <laughs> they all said he was mad they all said he was mad which he was he a was, little he bit, was, bit. Fair. He, was, <laughs> he was he was but he that was, was kind of his usp yeah 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 you know I, you know that's a weird one though about citrus because to me you know, citrus is good for you. It is. You know and what I mean? Is. Like, like, you know, people should, I'm going to get, I'm going to get the animal thing again, but people should get away from eating, you know, be, meat mm-hmm. and get So you're you vegetarian? And, I should I'm assume vegan. this. Vegan, yes. Yeah. I should have assumed that. I mean, that, that you should have gotten from the yeah. animal story. Right. I really, it's really interesting when you become vegan, what happens, I heard, I heard some, some guy say this, is that you, you get more in tune to nature. Yeah. Well, you're not. You're kind of. You're kind of honoring it. Yeah, yeah. Which is why, for me, experimentation. Even though, like, like you're saying, it might produce good. I, it's hard for me to even hear. Now. Yeah, I get that. You I, know what I, I mean? It's not that I don't value animal life. I'm just. Yeah. I don't make any. Uh, I, I'm unashamed of admitting that I value human life over any other yeah. animal life. That's well, just how I. That's just my. Right. Uh, no, I I totally get that. I'm not insane. <laughs> but, but but I get. But I, get I feel someone, like is the experimentation like like especially like fucking when they're testing on animals for makeup and yeah, just oh, that well, horrible that's shit indefensible. like cosmetics that's, that's, and that's indefensible. I, there's that no reason be for that. Outlawed. That should be yeah. banned. And I, what I about when they test like places. little hats on dogs? <laughs> You know, <laughs> you know, we have two little dogs, and my wife likes to dress them up a little bit. And I'm always like, "Honey, don't, don't do that." <clears throat> At least know. test that hat on a human first to see how it looks. <laughs> you never know what the results. I mean, it's dangerous to go straight to human testing when it comes to hats, though. Right? I love hats. I love Goran hats. Is Goran a sponsor? I'm kidding. What, is that a brand of hats? <laughs> oh, you never. Oh, you're not a hat Listen, guy. I'm, look at my head, right. Eddie. No one in my family. My dad played football in high school. He had to cut the biggest helmet down the middle and add a section so that it would fit my whole family. They have big hats. Giant. There's no. There's no hats or glasses that are big enough for me. God, I feel for the women in your family. Oh. Oh yeah, <laughs> my nephew. That guy came out like a. Uh, What'd your dad do for a living? Um, sort of generically business. I uh-huh. think I don't really. Uh, you know. No, I was just business. wondering if it's like a logger or something. Like, no, why no, in no, your no, family no. are there big heads? Is an interesting science question. Yeah, I don't know, and I, I don't know how long it'll take for us to breed it back out of our family. Like, is it? A, is it a breed dominant? it out? You know what I mean? Like, will you get? Will you get the medium? Will you get the in between? I didn't even notice your head was big. I, I don't think it is. Do you it's, think it's, his it's head not, is big? I don't know. I guess it. Yeah, I guess that is a big head. I, I mean, every nickname I had growing up was making fun of. Oh, my really? Size. Yeah, pretty Jesus. much. And then Slay Married and Axe Murderer came out, and then that people would just repeat the stuff. What's, what's the that? scene when he's making fun yeah. of the kid for having a big head? The kid doesn't even have a big head, he has an afro. 
and the Scottish dad just has all these head-related insults, and that became no. <sighs> high school and college was all. Was, I was never a Mike Myers guy, so luckily that's I actually that. no, that's a good. No, I know, that I know. And that the one, first Austin Powers, right? And right, right. And Austin Wayne's Powers World. was good. The first one. If they just made the first Austin Powers, I feel like that would be up there with like yeah. Caddyshack. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah, perfect yeah. spoof of of James Bond. He it's, made. It's, speaking of getting panned by reviewers and critics, he made perhaps the movie that got so bliss. Blasted by everybody. The movie, yeah, the Guru movie. The Love Guru. The yeah. Love Guru was universally so shat upon that I think Myers got out of show business for a while. Was John Oliver in that? He might have been. Uh, there was a famous hockey player in it, or multiple. It's about a hockey team. Oh, players, you know, uh, a movie is good when athletes are in them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was just reading this new movie that Amy Schumer is in. Yes. Uh, train wreck. It's supposed to be great. It's supposed to be funny, right? I haven't seen it. And then I'm reading about LeBron James. I'm really getting sick of him very quickly. By the way, I don't know how this relates to science, but uh, it's fine. LeBron, and then uh, and then there's a couple of other athletes. Oh, fucking Tony Romo. I don't know, if, Matt, if you, but it's like uh, it, Tony Romo and LeBron James. And I'm thinking, you know, comedies do that all the time. They put yeah. athletes, and they they suck mostly. They're awful. Yeah. You know, Michael Jordan never made it as a baseball player or an actor. Michael Jordan and Wayne Gretzky on SNL are like two of the most wooden performances Gretzky of all too? time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just star fuckery. Michael Jordan's one of my favorite actors, so I'm going to have to be <laughs> Have yeah. you ever seen him do Pinta? I was going to say <laughs> I was going to say his production of Othello. <laughs> he staged it, directed it, and he was both Iago and Othello and he was decent. I think that was at the Globe. <laughs> yeah. You're you're stomping around again. <laughs> and still I think it still holds up. Absolutely. <laughs> The part of him whispering in his ear was just, how did he do it? He's an athlete. That's how he did it. Because he was spinning a ball at the same time (laughs) on his finger. That's what was remarkable about him. Yeah. Yeah, wasn't Space Jam inspired by Midsummer Night's Dream? I think that was a loose interpretation. Yeah, absolutely. It was a a Midsummer's Night Dream takeoff. So this movie, The Love Guru, it has Kanye West, Jessica Simpson, Deepak Chopra. Oh, good, Jim, good. I'm Jim glad Gaffigan, it failed. Stephen Colbert. Gaffigan is in it? Ben Kingsley. Ben Colbert. Colbert. Sir Oliver. Sir Ben Kingsley. Strange. Sir Ben Kingsley. You know, that is an amazing thing. I just found out that Tilda Swinton was in this new movie, Trainwreck. She's in it. Uh-huh. She's one of my favorite actors. She's amazing. It's just so funny how these fucking, like, really good, good actors, and who's better than Kingsley or... Tilda Swinton's really good too. They'll just do this schlock for money. Oh, Kingsley I'm not saying Trainwreck is a schlock. I, I reckon thing. that's going to be a good one. But um, but also I think sometimes they just like to do comedy. Like it's nice to, if you're always being cast in really serious roles. It I, and also yeah, like, but there's comedy and then there's the love guru. You, you know what know I mean? Gonna, but you, but yeah, you're right. You, you don't, don't know, know it's going to be that going is, in. Yeah, like yeah, you might yeah. have been a huge Austin Powers or Wayne's World fan, and you got yeah. which are both great films. Yeah. yeah. Well, they should like, glance at the script, but they don't. But you don't. But also, you don't know. That's true. You don't you always know. Sometimes that's what I'm hoping to slip a script into somebody. Is <laughs> you're hoping to slip into a script? What do you mean? No, like like you, Matt is saying, basically, you don't know if a movie's going to be good or bad. I think by the script, even you were saying, yeah, yeah, because also so actors much read change. scripts and think, you know what. This isn't bad. It's a hundred pages. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do this. Sometimes you don't even get the full script. Sometimes you get like, the page. And also, well, you know, you should read if you're if you're. But also, people really improvise nowadays. There's a lot of riff. There's a lot of riffing in films, and then it's 
down to how it's cut, how it's riffing. edited. That's true. Yeah. You know, I, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of things that can happen between the script and the final cut that yeah. Yeah. can make a film be either great or god awful. But right. usually not in the first direction. Usually, like a bad thing isn't turned good by the editing, right? I mean, like when's the last time something? I guess you wouldn't know, but still. I just you know. feel like there hasn't been a good Hollywood comedy in a long time. Maybe Trainwreck is it. A but. great comedy is so much harder. That I think as a genre, it's the hardest movie to make because it still has to adhere to all the rules of, of a movie and of sto- yeah. like story and has to come what, first. That's where, it, oh, that's where they usually die. It's yeah. usually like a you know, a one or two line yeah. sketch that they fucking unmercifully stretch into a god-awful Movie or, or like Wet Hot American Summer is the the har- I would it. say it's the hardest I've ever laughed at a movie. So maybe it's the funniest movie I've ever seen, but I would not say it's the best comedy I've ever seen because as a movie, it's not yeah, like I the best movie, but it's the funniest thing. Really? But to make a great comedy, it's like you know mm-hmm. what are the like Groundhog Day or something that's it has to be both a great movie and lots of funny moments. Actually, Spy I saw recently. Spy was really funny and Bridesmaids like for that matter. But Paul Feig makes great stuff. Oh. uh Check out Other Space. Um, friends of the show, including Karen Kilgariff, work on that show. Worked on it. Um, it's you can watch it for free over at Yahoo Screen, and it is a like a comedy Star Trek sort of thing. What is it called? It's called Other Space. It's Paul Feig who created Freaks and Geeks and Bridesmaids um, created this show. It's great, and you can binge watch all episodes in an afternoon. Super funny, and um, it's a web series. Well, it's not. It's it's like a community is now being made directly for Yahoo or things are made oh, for oh, Netflix. This is a series it's a series, like it's a half hour comedy. And um, just found out that Paul Feig's Ghostbusters is also going to have Neil Casey from that show as as a villain, the female Ghostbusters that's coming out. Oof. No, what's that? No, it's got a great. It's Kristen Wiig. It's uh, Kate McKinnon. It'll be awesome, I think. <laughs> Melissa McCarthy. Also, why I'm is serious. Hollywood I, out of ideas? Yeah, it's it's a They're weird doing time. Ghostbusters with a female yeah. cast. Unbelievable. Yeah, I don't the know. The amount why. of times they've done the odd couple is just. And yeah. this last odd couple, I love Thomas Lennon, but this last odd couple. Wait, when was that? It, it, it went on and off the air already with Tom Lennon and. Um, like recently. Matthew Perry. Oh, God. I didn't know about that one. It was unbelievable. Unbelievably bad. Hey, hey, you know. Uh, Audible? Yes. No, I, here's I an idea. Uh, here's something if we're talking about remakes. Uh, I notice all of us around this table have teeth. Oh, yeah, we do. Yeah. Few left. Fish that lived long before the dinosaurs feature the world's first known teeth, according to a new study. The findings suggest that all teeth, including those of humans, originally evolved from fish scales. The earliest teeth date to at least 410 million years ago, according to the study published in the journal Biology Letters. It describes in detail a tiny tooth plate from the fossil fish Romandina stellina, that fortuitously was found in a box, which had been in storage for more than 40 years. Uh, In the Tree of Life, they are the earliest ones, but they're not the oldest ones, says lead author Martin Rooklin at the Naturalist Biodiversity Center in the Netherlands. Uh, Romandina is a placoderm, meaning an extinct class of armored fish. Older remains of this fish and related species have been found, but jaws with teeth are not yet found associated with these fossil bits and pieces. The specimen that he and colleague Phil Donahue of the University of Bristol studied, wait, however... Wait, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> not Philip, that Phil Donahue. 
I actually, it does say Philip in this article, and oh, I okay. somehow just rounded down to <laughs> talk show. Well, you want it to be <laughs> the talk show guy. They reveal early teeth in striking detail. No, I think actually it might be. I'm going to look it up, but let's is just this, assume for the moment. Is this the first tooth that we've found? <laughs> I can't. If I could walk into the audience with a microphone right now, I would. I don't do it. think it is, Phil. <laughs> now let's say this is the first. Uh, I can't do a Phil. I don't think it here. is. I'd love to see a. I think it's the dinosaurs. I think they're pushing it. More science. Let's should we assume. Yeah. What's isn't his whole angle like to, to do like do like a devil's advocate thing and then make that. You know r- what? Ridiculous, so you show that yeah, it's... Uh, I don't even remember Phil Donahue anymore. I just know Todd Glass's impression of him is so oh, great, really? but it's like no one cares anymore. <laughs> but it's, it's the, I know that he opposed the Iraq war and they took him off the air, basically. Oh, yeah? Which I admired him for. But he opposed it with violence, like he went out to Iraq <laughs> with a gun. Right? <laughs> He's fighting for the enemy, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, uh, so th- this, this was the first doesn't do much two. for me. This uh, this story that you just read about, you know. Do you the love fish. these animals though? In the abstract, these no. I mean, this sto- I'm just saying this story doesn't do much for me about. Well, I thought everything evolved from fish. It did, but they found the first ones, and they found that the teeth evolved from scales specifically. That's how wow. teeth started. You know what? There, there is some, there are some things that I'm not interested. In. Was, <laughs> was the t- wait? So was the first tooth fairy like a water-bound creature that then had to like develop wings later on as the fish the with first the teeth? Tooth fairy, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I presume. Did, did so. the tooth fairy come before teeth or after? Do they say in the? Um, it doesn't say here. I guess. Well, it's- look, I think there's no Clearly. tooth fairy without. Without teeth. teeth, okay, yeah. So the tooth fairy you know, comes that one can after. Be logic, that one. Right, right, right. Some things are intuitive in science. Absolutely. Some things are. Well, well, yeah. Also, I mean, the tricky thing about that is, it's really hard to find a fairy fossil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because when fa- fairies die, they don't they don't go into the earth, and you know they don't. What is get the, 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 the sparkling dust that? Yeah, they just. It doesn't disappear really, like, into stardust its... and starlight. Yeah, yeah. Really, so there's going to be no I we all calcification. Stardust and stuff. Well, we do, but we leave a residue behind. But I don't think fairies. Do. I'm trying to look this up here, really? but I don't think fairies do. So, um, look up Tommy Toon. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, he might still be alive. Sorry. I believe he didn't. He cameo in the most recent Arrested Development season. <laughs> he is 76. Yeah. Did he? <laughs> is he 76? He's 76. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he totally. Um, he played the, if you watch the recent, like, the Netflix Arrested Development season. I was in it. Yes, you were. Did you watch were any you of really? your episodes? I did not. I, I, I don't like to, oh, man. By the way, I, I just love where we're podcasting from. Uh, Andy's backyard has beautiful birds in it that I would love to see some electrodes strapped to them <laughs> you know, hey, you as know soon what? as possible to advance our civilization. We can, we can, strap, we can strap some bird testes up to They're an electrode so... for all I care. For the mockingbirds that are going on this summer in my backyard, are they four loud? in the morning, oh, yeah, it's oh, like car alarms all night long, like a car oh, alarm now, noise. Now, but, but I heard that birds are doing that because of lighting problems. <laughs> okay, maybe it is. I don't know. I, I, no, but seriously, I'll, why are mockingbirds singing at 4 in the morning? Do they always do that? I don't know. Did you write in, folks? Why are mockingbirds singing at 4 a.m.? I tried. To, I spent like half an hour trying to figure out what this bird was, which is, I, I feel like an idiot because I should know what a mockingbird is. Like, So I, 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 I played it on my phone. I know I can't Shazam a bird, but I recorded it on my phone and posted it to ask people if they knew what it was. And then I started looking up, like I was Googling, like trying to describe... 
was like, how would I describe this sound so I can look up what and kind you came of bird up with it is? Mockingbird. Well, someone on Facebook saw my video and said it's a mockingbird. But then in the course of recording it, yeah. then I pressed play on it and it was hooked up to a Bluetooth speaker that I had going in the backyard. So it was like a pretty quality reproduction of the sound. Right. So then I got in this feedback loop of the mockingbird hearing a recording of itself and then like making different noises oh. back at itself. Oh, and yeah. Is that why it happened that night? You were fucking, maybe now you were I've, fucking with the mockingbird. Maybe now I've enticed him to stay in the yard. But I'll just come out in the middle of the night and just grab some oranges off that tree and try to be careful throw, throw it at with the, this address. <laughs> right, but I, yeah, I try to throw... Do you think that's why people from Florida are so brown? It's totally this... Yes, it's the citrus state. <laughs> it's nothing but oranges and sunlight. But one of these days, I'm going to hit one of those mockingbirds with an orange, and it's going to be so satisfying. <laughs> You're going to hit a mockingbird? Like, oh, I, I can get him that. to leave the tree, but then he just goes to that other tree, and then he stays in oh, the there's yard. There's only one, and he's really well, I don't know if it's just, I, there, there's just one. Uh, maybe it is just one that I loves my love yard. I nature back here, and the bird is beautiful. It just topped up. And I, I like the hummingbirds. Those ones are great. I just thought to myself do. when he hopped really close that it would be great to know if we could have a search and rescue team that could think together alike. <laughs> By the way, most I'm not going to convince you of this. By the way, <laughs> most of the people who lost, and this is going to, you know, make people angry at me. But most of the people who lost deserve it. They, they're they're fucking idiots work, yeah. most of the time, and we're going to, you know, hook up animals to these fucking. So these idiots who fucking, you know, go up on Everest. You know, I was watching a documentary. Oh, those people on I mean, Everest. There's that, that's that crosses the line. To the me. only people I feel bad for are the Sherpers who do this because. The economies are so bad in, yeah, in these countries yeah. where these. Didn't the Sherpas go on strike recently? <laughs> I think they did. Like I think the, they they should. Like, that's the that's the one job where you definitely should because who else is going to come in and replace? But you? how about like, these assholes who want to climb? It's like fifty thousand dollars and like, Mount Everest. The death or, rate or, is well. Apparently now it's the the the, um, the path like oh, on some of the busiest days of the year because there's only a certain number of times. To- Certainly, there's only a short season during which you can actually do it, and then there's only a certain number of days during that season where it's safe to go up. And sometimes there's there's a, like a full queue to get up. Like there's there's a it's a, so stupid. There's a narrow point where there's mm. a ladder put in for one specific yeah. climb, and uh, you have to just wait your turn. You just have to wait your turn to go up, and then wait your turn to come down. And there was Insane. a case recently where like people have died and people. Rather than helping them, well, you just be like, have enough oxygen to. Yeah, I think if you stopped, you wouldn't make it. Like you wouldn't make it back with them either. Is the thinking? I'm not justifying. I'm just saying I've heard stories about having to pass a body and being like, well, it's too late for them, and I would waste all my oxygen, and then I might die. But I might as well still go up, and you have to pass a you have to pass a body. You're like, ah, this guy didn't drive me to LAX when I asked. So you like stepping over him, like fuck him, fuck Bob. Do you want a space story to finish this off? Sure. I like space stories. It's lonely in space, I'll tell you that. Yeah. yeah. They're putting rats and monkeys in space. Oh, you cocksucker. <laughs> oh, no. um, but they like it. But <laughs> twist is they love it up there. They love it. It's better than down here. This is a story Tom Drummond sent in, and it is about space debris, which is a problem. And this is a new Pac-Man satellite to grab and kill orbiting space debris. Space junk is a looming problem for humanity. The limited amount of orbital territory available for most modern applications is becoming so full of disused or damaged equipment that collisions are becoming harder and harder to prevent. The situation is probably not quite as one bump and we're done for terrible as some has posited, uh, since there have been some deliberate and accidental collisions that thankfully didn't cause a cascading communications apocalypse, like in that film recently. 
but it is encouraging to see a rapidly advancing project from the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology called Clean Space One, which aims to grab the university's own CubeSat in a Pac-Man-like moor and drag it down to be destroyed in the atmosphere. So CubeSats, we've talked about these before on the show, are tiny single-purpose orbiting devices that are deployed in batches by a much larger launch vehicle. They're just 10 centimeters <laughs> on one side, um, which are a liter in volume, and contain only the components that are absolutely necessary to their function. So the low cost and low launch rate uh, have seen them quickly grain grounding the chronically cash-strapped space science industry, but that very popularity may exacerbate the problem of overcrowding in orbit. EPFL launched a CubeSat of its own in 2009 called SwissCube, and as it approaches the inevitable end of its life cycle, the researchers are taking the initiative and designing a way to clear it from space. See, this kind of uh, surprises me because when, when I first found out what these were, I think it was last year on some show and we were discussing a launch and I was curious what was on some SpaceX uh, rocket that was going up. And it was a lot of CubeSats. Which, and these are pretty cool because schools can afford to buy one and put it on something going into orbit to do their own experiments. Um, but I thought they just had a lifespan of a few weeks to months and then they all they just lose their orbit and then burn up in the atmosphere. I didn't know any of them really stayed up for extended periods like this and had to be cleared out. Um, but they, I guess that's true. like a vacuum cleaner in space? Well, it, it sort of, it grabs it. Hang on, there's a picture of it here, but it's sort of, it's almost like, it almost looks like that, remember that game that you had as a kid where it looks like an ice cream cone and you've got to catch a little ball in it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks a bit like that. It's sort of shaped like a net and it's going to grab the CubeSat inside it and then the net will close quickly around it and secure it so it can be dragged down into the atmosphere so we've so we've not only fucking polluted our environment but now space is there's a lot of oh yeah you can look up there there are sites that show you all the all the pieces of space debris that we're currently tracking and it's or at least the space within our yeah, Comp- I our, mean, space our, is so in, in Earth orbit, there are thousands of pieces yeah. of things that, right. that are there because of us. But I guess I thought with these things that they just descended slowly and they lost their orbit because they have no propulsion. They're just literally a cube. It just looks like it's a mini Borg. And uh, I guess you have to grab them up with a net and throw them down in the atmosphere, though. Yeah. So there are other people trying to um, work on this. This one does nothing for me, too. <laughs> I think, we, I think we lost you. Tooth. Let's be fair. We lost you with the monkeys, and we haven't gotten you back. And I get it. It was a bad no, but choice I mean, these for aren't, not well, to do a recent <laughs> but they, Yeah, but you didn't know. But they. But this one, this one's not. I don't know why. I don't know why. This We're at least cleaning up our mess. Me. We're cleaning up our space mess, which is an honorable thing. Are right? we really, though, with yes. this? Yes, that's, oh, the, that's idea. the idea. So that's other, the idea, but how much is it? It sounds like it's not doing so, a lot. Well, so other agencies have looked into other things. So the Japanese Space Agency has experimented with electrodynamic tethers to magnetically attract small bits of metal in orbit. Uh, NASA has looked into using lasers, but Clean Space One seems to be the most realistic attempt to deorbit satellites of any real size and mass. Yeah, the the Japanese version only works with small bits of metal, marble-sized or smaller. Mm, figures. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, there was something, there was something there. But, uh, well, good on you, people who are cleaning up space. Now, if you could just stop us from killing Gosh! monkeys. Now who? I could just see, like, a, a space-cleaning woman sketch where it's like, who made this mess? Don't you tell me it's NASA again. 
You always put the probes in you and your satellites in. Who's going to clean it up? Me! <laughs> Imagine if there was just one maid cleaning up. Is it a giant robotic Jetsons maid with a British accent? Is yeah. it Rosie from the Jetsons? Maybe. 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 It's, like, it's like... We're working on it. Yeah. Yeah. The space maid technology is definitely far behind. Space maid. Space maid. I don't believe it. It's filthy up here. NASA? <laughs> Don't deny it. Don't deny it. Like, what I'm is sorry, this, I'm sorry. What is the sign that you give to the space maid that you don't need? Like, uh, a towel on the floor. A towel in orbit means you'll use it again. A towel attached to a satellite means replace it. Yeah, where do you leave the tip? Yeah. And a, and, a, and a sock on the handle means don't come into space. Right. <laughs> just just leave space. A sock, a sock on the moon means, oh, I better not go into space. Just Somebody's talk, having a good time. You know Todd Glass is better about that? What? I mean, he's like, uh, so in the hotel it says a towel on the floor means uh, replace it. A towel on the rack means I'll use it again. Uh, what does a washcloth in the nightstand next to a, a bottle of lotion mean? What was that? <laughs> <laughs> I think it means change the sheets. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Eddie, thank you for joining us. Do you have any thank shows you. coming up that you want to let our listeners know about? Uh, I'm going to be at Montreal just for laughs. Oh, I'm uh, going too, just to watch. Oh, cool. We'll see you out there. Um, yeah, I'm doing a lot of shows there, including Pep Talks, my podcast. Excellent. And yeah, I'll be at the Wiggle Room with a couple of shows, and I'll be on Danny Gould's podcast. So, yeah, next next week, 20, 21 through 25 in Montreal. Nice. Excellent. Nice. Um, so listen to Pep Talks as well Go and see Eddie there Go and see him when he's on the road He's a very, very funny man You can Add Eddie Pepitone on Twitter Do that You can find us at Probably Science I think this is going to go Oh, I'm at Meltdown this Wednesday I always forget to plug those kind of things But come and see nice. me at Meltdown this Wednesday I'm there And I think I might be at the Comedy Store in La Jolla This weekend as well So if you're a San Diego based Then come along Uh you can donate at probablyscience.com. That mm-hmm. helps us out a lot. You can also, if you're shopping on Amazon, go through our Amazon link and also sign up to Audible using our link, audible.com slash PSP for a free trial and a free book. Do that. Uh, if you're not able to donate, spread the word. Tell people about our show. Tweet, Facebook. You can send us any comments, questions, clarifications to probablyscience.gmail.com. Mm-hmm. You can tweet us at probablyscience. You can... Listen to Jesse versus Cancer at jessevscancer.com or look it up on iTunes. Please do that. And also, by the way, I forgot to say thanks. I met some uh, Probably Science listeners in the UK. Uh, some people came to various shows and I met them. Also, shout out to Chris in Nottingham, who's the first person who's ever recognized me just from my voice. That's never Ooh. happened before. Yeah. So, hey, Chris. Thank you, people who came out to various... Uh, Glastonbury, there were some Probably Science listeners. Uh, yes, some awesome. other London ones. So that was very cool. But we will be back next week with another show. Thank you for joining us. Thank you one more time, Eddie Peppertone. Thanks, guys. Sorry about the monkeys. (laughs) 